what the heck's your source for Warhammer Underworlds and under 30 of the world's best vying to be the top of the pile. I'm your co-host, Davey. With me is my longtime co-host, Phil, world champion of our hearts. How are you doing, Phil? <laughs> doing pretty well. Uh, champion of the people, you might say. <laughs> you might say it twice. Even you, may, if you, you might. <laughs> you might even have to make that joke twice. Hopefully not three. Um, <laughs> uh, for context, we're recording on Monday the 13th. And if you couldn't figure out from my um, amazing intro, we are going to cover the World Championship of Warhammer, specifically the Warhammer Underworlds event. There are, I believe, 17 players going. And they are going to be battling it out this week. We do not have anyone in attendance as a participant. We do have Brian is going to be there as a judge. Uh, so as this releases, it's been going on for two days. Uh, as we're recording it, it has not yet started. And we're kind of excited to talk about what's going there and make some predictions. Um, but before we jump into that, uh, we did have our own local Q4 tournament. Uh, Phil, you got to go to that. I, I did not for uh, work reasons. Um didn't work out but uh how was it seems like it was a, a good time yeah it was pretty great um we had in total eight players though brian was getting some additional judging practice before having to judge worlds so mm -hmm. he was the buy um we had uh one pretty new person from our local group so and he had a great time and we had uh jimmy from Oh, man. I'm sorry, Jimmy. I don't remember exactly which town you're from, but I know he's driving up from Illinois and it's a, like it's an over an hour drive. So appreciate making the trip. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was good. We we sort of had a, a an interesting mix of uh, players and factions and nobody brought any of the like super crazy top tier stuff. So it was it was nice battling it out um, without some of the <laughs> some of the boogeymen showing yeah. their faces um yeah and uh skyler has continued his tradition of including some acrylic prize support for our local group he's kind of just taking that upon himself to do um so we had grand faction what the heck's branded uh activation tokens up for grabs again and then uh this time he made a custom glass trophy for us which was beautiful and I wish I had been able to stay a little bit longer uh, to see it in a little more detail. But I ha we ran a little bit late and I had to get running because uh, I needed to be home for dinner. But it was a really good time. And uh, hopefully we can get some of those pictures onto the Discord because that trophy is gorgeous. Uh, they are there. They're in the Underworlds General, I believe. Uh, good deal. I, so. I know there were some pictures. I wasn't sure if the trophy made it up there. Yep, uh, because I got to see it and it looked awesome. It was yeah. really cool. Yeah. Um, it, it was uh, personalized to Madison, but definitely looks uh, like you instantly recognize it as a Underworlds trophy because of the silhouette. So Absolutely. pretty amazing work. I know uh, I know Skylar's been burning it at both ends uh, between work and family and Underworld stuff. So uh, I, I hope he's getting a, a good rest now. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, he's earned it. Yeah, uh, we're going to jump past some of our usual segments here, uh, other than the fact that, uh, well, I say that, let me take that back a little bit. Uh, community shout out. I'll just briefly say that uh, I, I did get to be a 
guest on Underworlds Underground. Oh, yeah. I had a really fun time with them uh, and then listened back to it and uh, enjoyed listening to it as well. Uh, so that was that was cool. It was fun jumping on. I uh, I don't know. I guess I didn't tell you this. I probably haven't talked to you. They, they um, I got on there and they're like, hey, you know, I've been listening to you for a long time. I was, you know, they're saying a bunch of nice things. And all I could think about was that same morning we had dropped episode one. <laughs> <laughs> added uh, only my half of the audio and unedited at that and i was just like god like just the most unprofessional possible <laughs> uh yeah it was it was rough i had i had changed some of my i don't bore anyone with the details but i i had, I had uh changed some file titles uh and had gotten sloppy i was was trying to rush through some things in my defense i think uh, once you include this podcast i'll have recorded uh between ours and guest spots seven episodes in seven weeks and edited five of them <laughs> so. yeah no it, it's it's a lot it's actually i mean maybe not surprising but like the fact that that's the first time something like that has happened in over 120 episodes is <laughs> uh I think that's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. You pers- say that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I it, uh, it it bothered me a bunch. I, so if if you were one of the first one hundred people to download, then you got uh, only one side of the audio. Uh, I got some well deserved heckling for it from uh, some folks, but uh, uh, we've got it corrected. We're gonna we're gonna try not to ever do that again, but we'll see. Yeah, that that would be the optimal situation but uh yeah let's let's jump into it let's jump into this main topic uh i just wanted to touch on so it's world champs and and the idea this is the first year that gw is doing it is that uh i think they have kill team aos 40k and underworlds are all contributing to the overall score and one nation will come out a a victor and I, i you know it's a number of different things like uh, how well did you do? And even there's, there's, um, there's reasons to keep playing, even if you're not going to win the overall thing, cause placing somewhere or placing best in faction and all that sort of thing is, is, uh, helpful to your nation. So, yeah, um, yep. they, they have a full breakdown of exactly how all that works, but we're really for the purposes of this podcast, interested in the underworld's piece. So uh, absolutely. Phil, uh, we kind of did a quick breakdown of all the different nations attending. Uh, there's some interesting quirks here. You want to run it down for us? Yeah. So across the entire world, we've got two players from the United States, one from Australia, one from France, six from Canada. What? <laughs> yeah. Two from Poland, one from Chile, two from the Netherlands, one from Mexico, and one from Spain. Yeah. Uh, so... You know, a lot of the Americas and Europe. And then we have our one friend coming from Australia, <laughs> which that's quite the trip. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if, if I had an opportunity to go play at Worlds, I'd probably do it too. Totally. Uh, but yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a cool representation. A handful of different countries. Uh, the six from Canada kind of stood out to me, but... <laughs> As as we discussed in our Discord, it was pointed out that actually two of the people from Canada made the trip down to the larger events in the U.S. and managed to win their tickets from us. So <laughs> I guess U.S. step it up. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and then the other one that I thought was a little strange was nobody from the U.K. Yeah. 
what's up with that? Yeah, GW. <laughs> <laughs> They're all just happily playing away at uh, Warhammer World there. Yeah, they get a 30-person <laughs> event like on um, every month. So they're like, yeah, it's fine. Uh, yeah, we're we're not running down everybody's names. Uh, one, because, you know, I don't know if folks want their names shared and all that sort of thing. And, and uh and that, but uh, it is cool. I we hear a lot about the uh, U.S. Canada meta, the European meta, um, but uh, I'm I'm kind of excited to see what the fellows from or the, the folks I should say from Chile or Mexico are are, are bringing to it. Uh, so yeah, uh, I it sometimes you end up with those like weird uh, metas that operate independent of what other people are doing. So who knows? Um, it, it'll be fun to see these different players and play styles mix, uh, in, in uh, one spot. So, so that's the individuals that are going like, to, that's the national breakdown, a uh, big salute to Canada. Uh, obviously, uh, captain murder is perhaps the most notorious among those <laughs> <laughs> quite the name <laughs> or, too. infamous. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, it means famous, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, we're, um, we are excited for those guys. He's he's a good dude, and uh, I know I know some of the folks uh, are cool. The other thing we should mention is that uh, that that list of names is like a murderer's row from from uh, the Vassal Discord. There are a lot of names uh, that you will encounter on that Shark Tank that is the Vassal community. So, yeah, uh, which good, good. Yeah, I mean, not surprising, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. So, good luck to to all involved. Uh, and I think uh, Path to Glory is representing the USA. I think it's Mark and Oman are the uh, the two USA reps. Uh, yep. So um, yep, I I just came so close, but not quite <laughs> quite there. Yeah, I think you know we, we had a, uh, a a second and a third. We had we had some uh, some brushes with uh, with that. So yeah, um, maybe we'll get our chance at some point to to rep. But uh, obviously, those are those are good folks to be for the USA. Absolutely. Uh, so, all right, but let's talk about what factions are, are, are being brought to the mix. So out of 17, there'll be one bonus player, extra player. Um, do you want to give us a quick rundown of what the breakdown is? And then we'll, we'll kind of dig into it a little. Absolutely. So we have, in no particular order, we have Gnarl Spirit Pack with four players bringing Gnarl Ooh. Spirit Pack. Whoa. We have Ephilim's Pandemonium with three players Hexbane's Hunters with three players, Domitan's Storm Coven with two players, a lone Molog's Mob, Siren Eyes Razors, Crimson Court, Headcracker's Mad Mob, and Gore Chosen of Drom. Uh, so a lot of names there that you would probably expect to hear, especially in those multiple uh, representation warbands. Um, but anything that stands out immediately to you is like a this is really weird that we're even seeing it or b why aren't we seeing this uh yeah i mean there's a few things uh i the uh the stone cold baller of whoever is bringing this uh sirenized razors player yeah uh, that that is salute um i'm excited to see what they can pull off there uh, we should say we we will talk a little bit about possible deck pairings. We don't know what they're paired with. Uh, Molog's mob, I I'm kind of shocked in a nemesis environment. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. We'll, we'll dig more into that. Um, 
for me, I would have expected more Storm Coven. They seemed like that in my mind that was the the go to, and maybe there's a whole lot of counter picks there. Uh, we'll kind of dig into that some more too. Yeah, and uh, Gnarl Spirit Pack. We don't actually see them all that much locally, so I'm surprised to see them as the most represented. I might I might have expected to see Domitan four copies of them and Gnarl Spirit two copies, like kind of reverse their their pick. Yeah. Um, the- and obviously we can talk about it with a bit more with their cards and stuff, but I, my guess is that Domitans like, you know, having played them quite a bit, they're, they're like kind of a mentally exhausting war band. Cause you're mm. constantly having to track your activations for your inspires. Yeah. So I just wonder if that's part of it, but people are just like, I don't want to have to try and manage all of that across, you know, a two day. Sure. Tournament with, uh, you know, really high stakes where you're just like, I yeah. don't want to have a mental error. Um, yeah. Fair but enough. yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I think at least locally, some some people shied away from Gnarl Spirit Pack because when they first came out, it was like, this is ridiculous. And I think they're, especially now with their beta rule, which isn't a beta rule anymore. I don't know what to call it. I guess just their errata. Yeah. Uh, they're much more manageable like i don't i don't even see them really as a problem anymore so um maybe maybe we'll just have to bring them back out and sort of let people know that like hey actually this isn't a problem anymore well before we go too much in them do do you is there anything you're surprised to not see in this list well um a little bit surprised not to see canaan's reapers after they won uh over at nova Although I think that is, again, one of those mentally uh, like taxing warbands to play, especially because the pairing is with the Void Curse Thralls. Yeah. So I do imagine that there's like just a lot to have to manage with that. Although, I mean, Kanan can just kind of go nuts <laughs> a la yeah. Malog. And I don't, I don't know that that's like a hugely mentally exhausting thing. But there's a lot of bodies to keep track of. There's a lot of extra movement. So maybe that's why. But like... I kind of would have expected to see them. And then another one that I feel like we've been seeing a lot of, although maybe not a lot of high like placings is Rippas. Mm. And mm, so I thought, oh, maybe, you know, somebody would bring Rippas. Like, yeah, I would have certainly more of expected to see Rippas than Molog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for me, I was surprised that nobody nobody was willing to take a swing with uh, Thricefold Discord. Maybe there's just not enough time to get the reps in. Um, yeah, I and, and I, I'll be honest, like I don't I don't have the reps to say whether they would have been great into this or not. Uh, I'm just I'm curious. I those um, those false gifts uh, have the potential to really put some control on what we would expect from the uh, from the biggest. Uh, biggest bad bads out there yeah so yeah well i mean just to think about it very quickly with since you know probably don't want to deep dive on them too much but like everything that they could be doing with the false gifts is really going to hamper ephilims hexbanes and domitans right like yeah it it would be pretty nice to have those matchups but uh yeah i don't know maybe it could be the just they're new enough not feeling confident don't know the pairing maybe yet um i don't know how they match into the really aggressive like gnarl spirit pack that feels maybe also 
a little rough, but uh, hard to say. But I agree. So they seem cool. Um, I'm almost certain that whatever the next large tournament is, someone will be using them. I, I, yeah. If, if not me, then who? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, All right. Well, let's get into it. So uh, I would suggest we just take it by, we go with the most frequently chosen and march down. Yeah. Does that sound good to you? Okay. Seems easy enough. So we've already talked a little gnarl spirit pack here for representations. Uh, why do you think we're seeing this war band? Let's start with that. And then we'll talk a little bit about what we might see as uh, deck pairings with them. Yeah. So when I look at gnarl spirit pack, the, th- the reason in my mind that they are like a go-to pick is sort of twofold. One, I think they have above average stats across the whole war band. Like there's Mm -hmm. almost nothing about any of their fighters that's like even just average. Like the the closest you can sort of come is like, okay, Crimson Kira's one block, three wounds. But then you look Mm -hmm. at her attacks and you're like, oh, never mind. She's way above average for (laughs) her attacks. (laughs) Um, So it's like, okay, you've got four very reliable fighters, which gives you a lot of flexibility. And then I think the aggressive strategy can sometimes be uh besides the dice can be a Mm -hmm. little more forgiving um and that like it oh if i you know make a mental error well i was just charging anyway so like (laughs) you know uh that that's my take on it um i don't know what do you think yeah i mean i think uh i think that's it i i think they have the speed and aggression that maybe because you know, that's one thing and the times that I've really been able to give FLM problems uh, is you either need to what the worst thing you can do in FLM against FLM, which I assume uh, and, and to be fair, also uh, Storm Coven, if you can get it, if they can set up a situation where they just have their firing squad waiting for you to like move and be isolated in there, then then they're happy. Uh, yeah. And that seems a little counterintuitive. These guys can be aggressive enough though, that I think they can like put that speed into blitz and really, really put the danger on FLM. Um, and maybe to a lesser extent, storm coming, just get them on the back foot before they have a chance to draw into that huge slew of pings that we know that they have. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, who knows like black, black wing, Sarakar is a disposable caster. I don't know if we'll see any, pairings with that but um uh there's some possibilities there so i think it i think it might just be that ability to be aggressive and maybe punch harder than those uh top dogs are willing to take but yeah tbd for sure um and i think the speed is an important factor there because like there's a lot of warbands that hit hard but they're not mm-hmm. nearly as fast right. um and i think you know, it almost shows in the sense that the thing that brought them back into line was that their errata just just slowed the timing of the spirit counter by the one activation. It just yeah. it doesn't come in until after they've activated once. And yeah. that it was enough to like bring them back into like line of being like, oh, this isn't so horrible because they're not all like speed five plus or multiple yeah block uh (laughs) right out the gate yeah and they're they're sporting uh they 
in faction, they've got some pretty decent end phases. Uh, they've, they've got yeah. some good objective support, which which in Nemesis is, is a big deal. So, Very big deal. And, and we give this all with a caveat, as like we said, we, we are not seeing Gnarl Spirit Pack uh, all that much in our locals. So these guys, not a total mystery to us. We've certainly seen plenty of them, but yeah. uh, I don't know that I've seen the, the latest grace. What do you think that they might be paired with? What should be people? What what would be your best guess about this mix of four? I mean, I think the old default f- for these guys, especially, is almost always tooth and claw. Uh, they, as you mentioned, they have a lot of really solid objectives, and tooth and claw has a lot of really strong power cards, albeit mm. for range one, and mm. most of their fighters are range one. So. Yeah. It, it kind of makes sense that you'd pair those things together. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, that being said, if you want better objectives, then Tooth and Claw is not great. Like, I actually have looked at Tooth and Claw so many times thinking this is going to be excellent for whatever old aggressive warband I want to take off the shelf. And I'm just like, nope, uh, <laughs> that's not going to work. I've got like, maybe a 15 glory objective deck and i'm stretching some of the like in faction choices yeah and it's just like ooh, that's that feels rough i'm probably not feeling confident if that's what i'm having to <laughs> work with yeah uh i i agree i think that is probably their their default i'm curious if anyone was willing to take a crack at breakneck slaughter with these guys uh, um yeah if uh, Kira is scything and gets those uh, the different charge gambits, oh man, uh, yeah, which either one will of contribute them to every, yeah, <laughs> um, she can either get even more accurate when with yeah, make her like a what like a five five dice five Grievous fury <laughs> with Grievous and yeah. scything, yeah, it's oh my god, pretty um, nuts, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's, uh, a lot happening there. Um, so I, would be curious if, if somebody goes for that, like says, I'll take even more speed, please. And thank you. Um, and take yeah. some of the, the aggro stuff they got. Uh, I, I just don't know, but, uh, I, I think you got to assume that the default is tooth and claw there. Yeah. I think the other side of it is that, um, tooth and claw adds more damage. Like mm. there's just options in the upgrades for more damage. And sometimes that's just what you need. Um, mm-hmm. Like there's been a number of times where I've felt in Nemesis where I'm like, man, if only I had one more damage on this attack, I would yeah. be able to threaten kills here. And instead yeah. I'm having to set up these like multiple instances of damage to try and make this happen. And knowing I'm going to be receiving the crack back in the meantime, yeah. that's fair. And then, uh, unless, you know, once they inspire or in some cases become beasts, they, everyone except crimson kira can get to two dice on defense so the yeah the defensive boosts that are offered in breakneck slaughter are not quite as uh necessary i guess so. yeah they're still great i mean i wouldn't oh, fault yeah, anyone for, sure. for taking either one of these <laughs> in the pairing right, right. i think uh yeah. i do think there's a there's a few other things to consider with um just how you have to work around the impetus though so mm, uh, sure my choice, I think, would still be Tooth and Claw, but I would certainly be willing to test out Breakneck Slaughter. But as I say, test out is not something I want to be doing at Worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk. Uh, 
let's talk pandemonium. Yeah. They're, the, they're the next. We, we're seeing three of those. Uh, I don't know that we need to say a lot about why this war band is taken. No, uh, probably we, not. We've talked at length about how great they are. They had a very modest errata to bring a couple things into check, but they have they have some great stuff. They have the the upgrade that heals one after you take damage, which unless you are killed by a ping is is basically ping prevention. It can uh, keep Ephilim keep Ephilim alive to a pretty impressive degree. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, like I've said many times, they just have they have great stat lines that can be inspired on demand, basically, and uh, objectives that just feel like they can flow like butter uh, that are that are often very very difficult to counterplay. Yeah. So they they have like a glory floor that is pretty challenging to overcome. Yeah, yeah. When when the glory totals in Nemesis are pretty much sort of stuck around like you're plus or minus a little bit from 15 right like that's sort of where things come in on average for most nemesis decks and i'm pretty sure most decks for flms can be quite a bit above that if they really want to reach and Mm. they can be just slightly above that and feel pretty comfortable i think still which yeah i mean it's it's an advantage right like it's just they have really solid in faction objectives, really solid in faction upgrades. Like, yeah, there's not a lot about them that's like, so where's what's the catch? <laughs> it's like, no, yeah. no catch, they're just good. Um, if I, I think we're not got not going out too much of a limb here, uh, with our guesses as to pairings, I think, uh, historically, there's just been discussion like, do you go? fearsome fortress or do you go seismic shock with the only new introduction is force of frost which may be pretty attractive so i think it's between those three yeah i I think fearsome fortress is the one that lets you keep hitting even as it it makes you not all in on flm and you have to believe that the people you're playing against at worlds will have a plan to take down flm in some way to neutralize yeah I mean, we even mentioned that, like, potentially one of the reasons for bringing Gnarl Spirit is so that you have the speed and aggression to take out somebody like Ephlem. And, yeah. you know, if you kind of know that that's the potential, you know, strategy line for your yeah. opponent, you just say, well, I will let you try for that, but also have this backup plan. And I, I mean, having, having watched <laughs> Ephlem played with, Fearsome or not, uh, yeah, Fearsome Fortress. Force Frost, Fearsome Fortress is starting to get a little oh, yeah. close there. Uh, yeah. But seeing some of the stuff they can pull off early, like with Fearsome Fortress, oh man, it, it yeah, can be gross. really, really <laughs> rough when it's like, all right, well, uh, as part of my change sequence, I push this guy onto this objective and then he goes on guard and I score. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. 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 sounds about right <laughs> and then i'll charge and score you know yeah uh, get, yeah get the other one. one there yeah yeah yep. and all the while it's like these are the changers these are the guys that i uh i don't actually need to have survive yeah. while i set up everything for eflum so yeah that would be where i'd reach i i don't so i i kind of have been thinking a lot about force frost because i like the deck a lot um uh, but 
in trying to figure out how it would work, I didn't actually love it that much for FLM. Um, mm. Like there'd be a lot of stuff you'd be having to do through FLM and like, sure, you get a few more defensive upgrades, but like you can't give the weapon upgrades to the changers. changers yeah. So like you can't use the staff to get an extra wizard and, and then you yeah. already have some wizard restricted us stuff in that deck. Like yeah. obviously the truly horrible combo that you could have there is you could also you could have your damage reducer by one and the infection oh my god the heal heal <laughs> and just be like so Ephilim's not dying this game uh yeah. unless you're Molog hitting him for like yeah. seven so yeah and they've got some bitter storm help with the uh the spell attack actions from the from the changers yes so. they they could manage it but I yeah. I don't know I just it, it's like it feels almost more like something I would really love to have for championship but maybe mm. I don't use as a pairing for them yeah. in Nemesis yeah uh, I'm, I think I think smart money's on seismic shock or fearsome fortress and I'd be interested to see if somebody's got enough reps in to make force of frost work yeah so. yeah I think they're all good though like you could probably yeah. make an argument for any one of them I'd agree uh, next up with three choices, Hexbane's Hunters. Yeah, and your babies. This is totally, yeah, I, I love these guys. I, it's totally, I, I'm very curious because they have, I've seen so many different builds. I've seen a good Tooth and Claw build. I've seen a good Fearsome Fortress build. Uh, somebody on the Discord was talking about a real uh, spicy looking breakneck slaughter with these guys. There is, yeah. you know, there's a lot, you know, uh, inspired inspired bridget has a scything attack so the, the uh, breakneck yeah. yep gambits there and then a little bit of speed goes a long way with them because they have that three movement um yeah you know, so the, even just the, one uh, it makes exactly a difference yeah yeah if, if all of a sudden bridget gets in the right spot for her inspired scything or just for point blanking her her uh pistol at somebody can get a big hit off if she can get where she wants to go um if if it it doesn't come up until your second wave and you add an extra dice on to um, Amos mm, uh, yep. when he's got woodcutter strength then all of a sudden you have the opportunity for even more successes because yeah. you're rolling three or four dice and now he can re just really have some devastating chops on cleave you know that's that's great for clearing some storm cast out so uh, I don't know if I, it's the same thing. I don't know if people have the reps to, to give it a shot, but I think, uh, I think they have, what I love is that they have so many different ways to go that, um, it should be interesting to see what happens with them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, we've mentioned it before, but their strength as a war band is range and amazing upgrades, which mm -hmm. leaves you so many different avenues like there's so mm -hmm. much you could do with this warband i i kind of like obviously i haven't played these guys much um you're you've repped them so many more times uh than anyone else in our local but like void curse thralls as weird as it sounds is like oh man kind of crazy and like i could see it working because free movement on some stuff combined sure. with the dog yeah. moves and then 
like, react to the dog move with another like you can yeah. get a lot of moves chained together yeah and of course the potential downside that you know the first thing that i thought of when i heard about somebody trying this was like well, but you have all these ranged attacks and it's like well you have a lot of <laughs> fighters who don't need to use ranged attacks sure um i mean amos is happy to just yeah chop like he could be void curse he could probably void curse either one of the dogs certainly to start yep uh, whichever dog you're going to risk, go with that. Yep. And then Amos is your backup. Yeah. And, uh, uh oh man, if you got a <laughs> thrall maker in there. Yeah. Uh, thrall maker on range. Cause that's, yeah. that's the thing that you don't often see is thrall maker because it's a, it has a little counter synergy. It's not going to work. It, it seems great on somebody who's ranged. And then as soon as they get void curse, then it's a problem. But, uh, oh man. Yeah. Like if you had a, uh, uh, what's a uh, retractable pistol? Yep. With, with thrall makers. <laughs> with so as soon as somebody maker. moves in, you're just like, and you're void cursed. Yeah. Hope you, hope you didn't charge to a spot three away. Cause yeah. now you cannot make that attack. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I mean, just thinking through some of the objectives, they, they already kind of have some of that suicide aggro thing going on. Sure. And yeah. void curse thralls kind of has some of that too. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I, it's maybe a little too crazy, but I like it. I'm thinking about actually trying it out in our local at some point. But yeah, uh, well, I'll say this. Uh, so the the combo that we didn't see coming in, at at uh, Nova was Kanan's Reapers Void Cursed. Yep. Uh, well, Mark is playing. Uh, Mark is out there playing Hexbane's Hunters at this thing. So that's a guy who knows and appreciates Void Cursed. Ah, no. I, he might. I, that seems like an amazing counter meta pick. Because here's the other thing about Hexbane. They have two upgrades that negate pings. Yep. If you put Deep Scars on Pock, he can say, I got plus one wound. I'm not. I'm taking one less damage from attacks. And now Gambits can't hurt me. And then, of course, there's the, uh, not Lucky Horseshoe, the uh, Lucky Hexbeak foot. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, and that that makes you immune to damage from gambit. So having double gambit uh, ping protection it's very this, very in, good in against the wizards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, I like it, and it it's uh, even thematic. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, then they have this uh, gambit might be a meta pick is uh, prayers of the faithful, and this is the this is the one that says your opponent cannot cast spells or play ploys until the next power step i think uh, so you just stop them like on the last power step or something where it's like oh here it comes and then nope you're done yeah it's got it's got restrictions as to when it can be played i think you cannot play it in your opponent's third and fourth uh oh, it's, a, okay. it's a weird and I, I think it was written for the for the Ulgu seasons, this card cannot be played in opponent's third or fourth power step, but you just play it in your own. Yeah. That's where you prefer to play it because you have the first play on those yeah. until the end of the next power step. End of the next power step, so you shut down two power steps oh, worth of casting. Enemy fighters cannot cast spells and opponents cannot play pulley cards. So, wow. Man. Uh, shut down critical reactions. There's, hey, there's a lot. Buddy. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's a lot of sweet. people who don't like to see that. So. I wonder if you. I, uh, I wonder if you wedge that in uh, as a as a counter pick. So, well, uh, so so I, a slight tangent, but related. Uh, I was thinking about all the ping that we currently have mm-hmm. been seeing, and so I actually did bring uh, my stalkers to the Q four tournament here locally just this past weekend. And I oh, did you take that gambit? And I slotted it in, 
And <laughs> I I think I ruined Jimmy's day twice because he was playing um, Toxic Terrors with the uh, the fish. And he tried to oh. spine Fintox in me in both games. And I was like, nope. <laughs> oh, wow. Nice. All right. <laughs> and it was it was one of those where I was like, I can kind of tell that he's going to want to ping this fighter down because he only has one wound left. Yeah. And I had it in hand and I was like, well, this card's just never leaving my hand because it guarantees it just stops that whatever yeah. setup. So oh, spicy. Like, that felt I, I didn't expect it to actually feel good. And admittedly, mm-hmm. against every other matchup where nobody had pings, I was just like, this <laughs> This is exactly what I expected. But in the matchups that had pings, it was like, wow, yeah. this is so ridiculous because it's a reaction. So it's just like, oh, you already announced that you, you set it up. You announced the card you were going to play. And then I just say no. Yeah. So oh, Wow. Anyway, pretty cool. Right. Very cool. Uh, yeah, so Hexbane, I I think there's uh, I think there's a lot of ways for that to go wrong. I think there's there that those would make for some really thinky games because it's all this positioning and identifying like is this the game where I burn down the dogs and Pac or is this the game where I leave them as the the three alive and get everybody else? Um, yeah, and, and they're just their built-in mechanics create for these unexpected swings where somebody all of a sudden is no longer charged. Uh, or all of a sudden has an unexpected upgrade. So yeah, yeah, it was uh, certainly yeah. a risk. <laughs> if if uh, if there's a good pilot behind those, they have the potential to go a long ways. So. Yeah, very high skill ceiling. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of uh, a a war band that we expect to probably go a long way, Domitan Storm Coven. Only two picks here. Um, yeah. I think this is kind of along the lines of Ephilim's. Not not a ton to say here. They are just super powerful um very very when you strong have yep three fighters with access to range two and range three attacks that is that is uh, a lot to deal with and they're kind of guaranteed that whoever they get down to like they can voltron up just whoever to to fill the yeah uh, yep fill to take care of that end game yeah between the three fighters you sort of have your swiss army knife like one of them has cleave one of them has ensnare the other is just slightly higher damage so it's like if you don't really need one or the other you just yeah you you sort of let the game flow and then it's like all right here's nine upgrades for this fighter let's see what we can do (laughs) (laughs) yeah turns out a lot um yeah the in faction so i i will talk about some pairings in a second they've got some solid surges uh i would certainly once they very good surges but yes yeah, yeah exactly and a number of which are can be fairly passive because they've got a yep. two surge for casting four spells a surge for having like different dice showing on a spell cast stuff that can be cast without like really getting yourself fully committed um and then but where they may find themselves in a little bit of trouble is those end phases that mo- many of their end phases really strongly encourage you to go into enemy territory agreed Right. Yeah, that that is, I think, in Nemesis playing them, that is the number one thing that I did not like is I was like, oh, man, there is just some real opportunity for this to backfire yeah. and feel really bad. So in your experience in Nemesis, what kind of things are people going to be doing to mitigate that drawback? Like what pairings? 
Uh, yeah. So I think what we've seen for the most part is that people have used um, seismic shock because it has mm-hmm. the more passive end phases and just, well, it also just has some really strong uh, other cards, but like being able to be like, oh, I've got a wizard on an objective. Mm-hmm. Great. I can do that in my territory if like it feels like I can't afford to be aggressive. Sure. I'll sit back. I don't care. Yeah. You got claim the prize where like, Assuming that you were able to just have two objectives in your territory, that's not mm-hmm. too bad to have two of your wizards sit on objectives. Um, cause that's a three glory end face. Like if you can manage it, that's a blowout probably. Mm. Um, but like cast more spells than the opposing warband is one of them with manipulating the realm sphere. Like you, you just, it, it gives you the ability to force the fight to come to you, which is more of, I think what makes them hard to deal with. Cause if they're mm-hmm. charging forward, then it's like, well, okay, I can kind of maneuver around that. But, um, that that's at least been my opinion and my, what I've seen, like when I first tried playing them, I used daring Delvers and the times that it worked out, it was like, this is cool when you didn't get it right and you were having to dive into enemy territory and then just gl- get lit up, uh, it didn't <laughs> feel great. So, uh, yeah, daring Delvers <laughs> doesn't really solve any of your problems no. about not wanting to be in enemy territory. No, not at all. It was like, well, let's just lean into this even harder. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I would be pretty surprised if anyone brought much else. Seismic shock just feels like the right choice, but, yeah, Force of Frost might be tempting just because of a few cards. <laughs> well, yeah, and honestly, actually, I, I think I think this is the pick. I, I think yeah, uh, I think if you can make it work, because I think Force of Frost allows them allows them to be more passive, allows them to hang back and have you come to them because they're they're playing more denial. It means that they can like surge into. They have they can have two uh, surge twos for casting four spells, so you're looking at like maybe five surge of glory just for casting spells. Yeah, uh, that you know those are the ones that just come to the top of my mind there. Um, and then I think a really big one I'm sure you were thinking of these is obviously that uh, frostworm cloak for extra durability yep. on important fighters, and then uh, armor of Ice, ice armor, frost armor. Yeah, oh, I'm whatever like, it's armor called. Of, yeah, find it. Ice here. armor, armor of ice, armor of ice. That all of a sudden gives you another caster, which is on two block and is a level two, and keeps yeah. you from having to necessarily like if you're in an awkward spot about like, ooh, I want this one to be a level two, but I don't want to give up the protection on this. Well, now you can hand off the inspire and then go give a two block to the to the person inspiring so i think force of frost allows a lot of passive surge like a lot and then enough defensive tech and denial that it's pretty scary um if you ask me so yeah uh i i'm not so the bitter storm i think is definitely a really strong option because it's like well if you're going to be casting spells anyway but to get to four spells 
is sometimes hard if the dice mm. don't cooperate and you are going to have to use spell attacks, uh, mm-hmm. which I would say is, I mean, if you can make it so that they have to come to you, I guess it works out, but like break the ice. I don't think you can take cold blooded. I don't think you want, cause that's just super aggressive. Cold snap is kill with a, a spell, which like is fine. But again, yeah. Uh, glacial cool you'd have to have a leader holding an objective within one hex of no one's territory like it's not bad you could i mean if there was a war band to do it yeah, it might be this one. it might be yeah. them like if anybody's going to yeah. take glacial cool it might be them um and then stranglehold which like yeah, i don't think not? you do that <laughs> there's just going to be games where that's like oh there's more objectives than i have fighters whoops yeah <laughs> i mean i think if you're i think if you're ping heavy and i think if I think if you're ping heavy and with your spell attacks, I think cold snap is a perfectly fine kill surge because it'll trigger on attack action. Yeah. Or gambit. Yeah. It's just, um, not, it's passive. not as passive as the rest, but I think, I think with the, do they have, do they have one that's like, if everybody has inspired or something like, God, or it's, it's like better your, than that. Third, it's just your third move or something. Second inspire. And, uh, and then there is one for just having everyone make, or make your third move. It doesn't even have to be all mm. three fighters. Three yeah, infaction man, surges. A, that there. is a lot of passive surge that they yeah. can they can work in with. Faction, so if you can, it's yeah. it's it's gross. Channel the storm. Just second or subsequent friendly fighter became inspired. Yeah, it doesn't even have Oof. to be from their reaction. And since they have the power card, that's just inspire a fighter. Sometimes you pick yeah. that up in your first activation. <laughs> Oh, uh anyway yeah we've spent a lot of time on these guys we have <laughs> They're very uh, the good. only thing i'd say if somebody sees that force of frost pairing like cold of the void uh, they almost certainly have taken that and they're almost yeah. certainly stacking frost counters on somebody to get those more passive end phases i would think so uh, you you got to be real careful get yourself like try not to give them a free two glory by being spread out and then be aware of who's who's getting the frost yeah so. and like if you go first probably at least to be thinking about the fact that they could be coming in with avalanche on the first activation on yeah. the turnaround and like yeah yeah in my mind this is potentially the most degenerate pairing of the uh of the uh faction and rivals deck um i think it, I, I could it, be i could be overstating the risk but i i think this is a scary one yeah it certainly has the the highest like ceiling if everything goes perfectly it's probably a very quick game right like you yeah i'm maybe i mean it's one of those control things uh i i see you're saying like you're you're avoiding attacks yeah i mean i i think i think if if not a quick game it can certainly feel like a lost cause for the if the if sure yeah if you get if you get the boards wrong and you don't have the tech to work against these guys like what do i do uh, yeah i'm damned if i do damned if i don't it's like if i charge them well i'm walking into the kill zone if i let them come to me and try and hang back there's an avalanche waiting and if they're inspired or that's a pretty likely spell to go off yeah and yeah it could be a a ping off of your entire warband like ooh man it feels bad (laughs) so yeah i don't know um there's only two of them i i think I think if there's a Domitans Force of Frost out there, that might be the the one to beat. And I think I think maybe one of the Hexbanes 
or gnarl spirit pack. I, I think those are the counter picks that might do it, but let's take a look at what else is out there. Yeah. Cause these, these are the ones that are a little thinner on the ground. Uh, we, we got my mob listed. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> whoa, whoa. I haven't thought about my in forever. And here's why we've been playing a ton of nemesis and my faction objectives are terrible. Oh man. They um, are, they are atrocious. I, I was even thinking about this today and like just, I'm, <laughs> I'm hesitant to even just be like, let's see, let's pull up one of these and see just how terrible they really were. <laughs> uh, like, all right, let's go for some of his end phase cards. Uh, well, how about this carnage? It's a two glory end phase. We kind of like two glory end phase score this in an end phase. If your warband took three or more enemy fighters out of action in the preceding action phase. <laughs> Whoa. Did you, one, did you one turn tables at storm coven? <laughs> right? Oh no. Yeah. And you get two glory for that. So, oh, uh, oh, and, and Hey, here, here's another one. Rampage three glory score this in end phase. If your warband took four or more enemy fighters out of action in the preceding <laughs> action phase. What? Yeah. Uh, yikes. Um, there's a few good power cards in that deck. They have a in yep. faction distraction. Um, Always good. What is it like growls in the dark or something like that? I don't some, know. Yeah. Uh, it's something like that. Let me see if I can pull it. I've got it here someplace predatory growls i knew it was growls yeah, yeah predatory growls uh, he's got a reroll that he can use there is i think there's a plus one damage and a plus one dice thing which uh at, at gambit speed so there's there's some power cards a, a handful that are are solid but i think what that tells me is that this Molog's mob player has to be taking a rival's deck that they can score like that that almost stands alone on its objectives like it, it has to be so pros and cons yeah. they can they can lean into some of the ones that have like internal stuff like um well like breakneck slaughter if you're leaning into the that and then a lot, bunch of impetus is going off then that goes although it's got stuff that everyone has to have a move or a charge and slag squeak yep. screwing you up you on can't, that so can't do the move stuff with slag squeak trying to have all your fighters yep. within two of enemy fighters like that's not doable realistically but i mean maybe you write that off. i don't know if there's like if you can just cut that end phase because uh giving Molag the chance for some well he can't take acrobatic or whatever it is uh yeah he's he's too big um you can take the two block one for double move right yeah he could i don't know <laughs> yeah so i so i don't know what uh but i i don't think i mean i oh gosh it's so hard to picture because uh you can maybe get some delver stuff off because the lag squeak just shows up on a token but that's not great i don't it's not great uh, the the thing I was maybe thinking about is that you do have like an entire faction basically of beasts. Mm. So you could try for some of those stuff in beast bound assault. It's not yeah. great. At least I don't think it's great. Yeah. Um, but it might be doable. Uh, like just looking at end phases there, like, like more enemy fighters out of action than friendly fighters out of action. Like that might be doable. 
right? Yeah. Because Molog's yeah. probably not going and down and unless they just run past him, which is easier said <laughs> than done sometimes. Uh, yeah. And I, but I guess I don't yeah. love it. Void curse you could do because if you lean in hard to the whole void curse mechanic, go for reshaped realm. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't personally feel like end phase is the strength of Void Curse, though. No, I mean, usually there's a couple that work for you. Um, threatening presence is going to be hard for them, but maybe not impossible because Batsquig's quick and can get to a spot where you're needed. Yeah, and you can start um, with the Stalagsquig kind of to... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I basically, I'm going to mark this Molag's Mob as brave mystery player yeah uh, so i mean may- looking forward to saying okay so maybe maybe you don't care as much about your like maybe your glory deck is like all the very consistent but very low scoring stuff and then you're just mm. like i'm just gonna splat everybody yeah, and you bring sure. um something like a void curse because you want to have the option to you know mess up yeah. people's spell casting and range attacks but then also have extra movement with Molog. Yeah. So maybe well, you know what can be fun with Molog is what does he got that uh the grin? Um Yeah, where you get to draw cards when you take No, this is the uh, uninspire somebody that attacks oh, you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, we haven't seen any of that tech in a while. Yeah. I don't even, Yeah. What is that even called? I don't remember. It was in the uh, Unbound Power. Yeah, Power Unbound. Power Unbound. Man, that card pack. Memories. Yeah. Uh, Unsettling Grin or something like that. Uh, horrible Grin. It's a reaction horrible after grin. an enemy fighter's range one attack that targets friendly Molog but does not take him out of action. They are inspired and cannot be inspired. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about the range one, so that's that's a bummer. Maybe you don't take that because I was like, oh, it's yeah. great. You're gonna you're gonna uninspire all the Storm Coven guys or Ephilim or something like that. Like, nah, I guess. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, there's sort of a weird one here that I forgot even existed. Shrouded in gloom, attack actions with range three or more in the next activation have a dice characteristic of one fury. Oh. That's a Moloch card? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, that would certainly mess up like Ephilim and Domitans and Hexbanes. I mean, it's a one-off, so it's like, yeah. okay, you save yourself for maybe one attack, but yeah, I don't know, maybe. something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's going to be tough. Uh, Moloch is, is going to be taking a whole lot of pings he's going to be taking some spawn mob big chomps yeah um, I mean, but uh yeah but if you can pull it off then then go for it yeah so. yeah i mean he, he there's always the chance right that he just rolls hot and there's nothing you can do right yeah because yeah that's that's always been Molog, and maybe that's just the person's plan and more power yeah. to him i don't know i yeah. You know, we kind of assume we get into these metas and we're like, well, these are definitely the best choices. Sure. Right up until somebody shows us that they're not. <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, well, that uh, the next, I, this is maybe our, our other little bit of head scratchers, Sirenized Razors. So, yeah. Um, the of the two uh, war bands that came out in Death Gorge, this is the one that people are. I don't know. I don't want to say less hot on, but um, 
certainly feel like they have more problems to overcome. Uh, I would agree. I wonder. I wonder what this player saw. If they are just excited about this warband, or if they if they see something in here. I I think I think the ability to hammer tide has potential. You know. Um, yeah. There's always when when you have that. Just like I'm going to have a guaranteed one. If I get my positioning right, I can do this one, and it won't cost me. It'll cost me an activation, but it won't cost me a card, uh, and I won't have to roll dice for it. You know. That's it's got potential. It certainly does. I mean, there are times where you look at the math of it and it's like, well, an activation for a damage isn't great. But if you have ways to reposition enough, it's like, well, what if what if I just do this for every activation? What happens right. then? And it's like, oh, well, that's 12 damage. 12 damage. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's enough, but yeah. it's certainly something. Um yeah, I don't know. Uh, I feel like the squid is really good, and I feel like Siren Eye is really good, and I don't know what to make of the other two fighters, to be honest. Right. Um, and I think that's sort of the problem that probably most everyone's trying to solve with them, is it's just mm-hmm. like, what what do I do to not just lose <laughs> half my warband, give up some glory, and then have to try and figure this out? Yeah. What do you think they're pairing with? Well... I know Skylar was really interested in Fearsome Fortress, which is on brand. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I can story checks out. I can kind of see some of the reasoning. Uh, although I don't love having to put their fighters like in the middle and just sort of telegraph to be like, this is where all my fighters are going to be. And know that you don't have to necessarily like do much else, but contend that, zone um i i kind of like the objectives but i just worry about the fighters being too fragile for it like yeah i i I don't know that you can afford to be right up in the middle you know in the in the fortress territory there like it it just feels like you'll lose your fighters a little too quick yeah i mean it seems Um, like I, i know the squid has some nice repositioning to make some cool stuff happened there, but still. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems like they probably need to be able to hang back and just like wait it out until they have their stat boost and then be like, okay, now I go in and then, you know, having to try and work that, but it feels rough. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you can do to be passive enough to like be able to buy that time and not get behind maybe right maybe force of frost can do it like i i know there's some discussion about force of frost as being a, a caster centric build um i i think you i mean i think you're already being super careful with siren eye with this yeah warband and i think that like turns that risk up to 11 like yeah. you have to be so careful um, with, Feel, with feels a lot like the old Ilthari problem where it was like, mm. well, I already have to rely on Ilthari, <laughs> so let's just right. lean into the slide. And it's yeah. like, very, can't get any worse. <laughs> very quickly, your feet can come out from under you and you're just like, well, yeah. that didn't work. <laughs> I, I think the other pairing I'm interested here is, is Void Curse as well. Uh, void yeah. Cursing this warband, if you... I mean, both the thralls can be void cursed without any penalty. And in fact, 
inspired, they then defend on shields and dodges. Yep. So that's nifty. Um, I think the extra move tech we're already talking about, if you had ways to reposition, then all of a sudden hammer tide maybe gets even, even better. So, uh, yeah, um, I I think there's some possibility there. I just don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they are very new. Like we don't even have that many local players with a box in hand. Like I think I, I was asking on Saturday, like how many have we seen? And I think it's like four total boxes of our mm-hmm. local group, which our local group is like what, 16 people or something. So yeah, uh, it's not, it's not really out there yet. I don't think right. I'm sure that there is a puzzle to be solved here. I just don't know that everyone's had the time to do it. And maybe somebody thinks they have, and that's, mm. that's going to be the thing. Um, I look forward to seeing whatever they play, though. I, I'm yep. very curious. I know a lot of people are excited about the Warband, but they're just not sure what to do with them yet. Yeah. Well, that that uh, moves us past our two head-scratchers. There's Crimson Court. There's one of those out there. So Crimson Court, perennially always worth a look because four fighters with four wounds and four move, that's, Never that's just a, some good stat blocks right there. I, I think the main thing that you need to overcome is figure out what the surge situation they got a couple nice ones in faction but uh but then some problems there like maybe one that's hey is everybody in enemy territory well if that's not something you want to do uh that that forces you to be fairly aggressive if you're not prepared to do that yeah uh, then that's a problem so i think i would guess that there might be some tooth and claw here going on i i tried building a uh i because i thought hey Force of Frost uh, should have some potential here because we got a couple. I've got three things that can make level twos. You know, I can upgrade the two existing guys. Actually, I got four, right? Yes, technically. Yeah, I could end up with three level two casters if I include the staff, and then either get the the chalice, um, cool and calm, and armor of ice are all ways to to bump people up. Um, that feels like there is a caster build there, but that caster build is probably not wanting to be quite as aggressive as the surges may force you to be. So I don't know. Uh, I just have a not, I know I've seen plenty of tooth and claw with them. And I think if you can, I think if you want to lean into that, I think that's a, a viable build with these guys. Yeah, I would agree. I, I really love the idea of doing the wizard thing, but I, I definitely see lots of problems. I, I tried building it just to see how it felt putting it together like where the inflection points for picking cards and uh yeah the objectives become a problem pretty quickly it's like ooh, i can have this deck that feels like it's maybe reliable but it's got like 14 glory yeah Uh, is that enough and probably not right and um i would say they are an unfortunate warband in that they have really great fighters but they are like forever anchored to the hunger mechanic right just no longer exists outside of their infaction cards and their infaction support for it is not enough so it's like you just immediately have a few cards that are not viable and you're kind of then back to like a season one and two warband where there wasn't enough infaction cards to even pick from let alone have good choices yeah i i was looking at these guys where 
why I was like, what if there was, what if there was force of frost build that also included the, you know, have 10 hunger at the end of the game. And, uh, it was just too risky. Like there wasn't enough ways to generate that hunger and feel good about it while still doing the other things you want to do. But, uh, I, I think those, their stats and speed, they may be able to make some things happen. Um, maybe along the lines of gnarl spirit pack, like enough, enough aggression, enough, stats to maybe make things challenging and uh, decide the game one way or the other pretty early yeah i and i think that that's probably the plan you could probably do breakneck slaughter with them like they, oh, sure. they seem like they're they like being fast they even have mm. a card that scores off of having a high speed mm-hmm. um like just be move six you can score one of their end phases like it's not great yeah. but it's consistent yeah um yeah, I don't mind it. Like, it, I don't know that it's enough, but I, I could definitely see it. I can, I could see them benefiting from like the extra damage uh, gambit. I could see them benefiting from the extra accuracy one. Um, they've certainly got choices. Uh, it, <laughs> their, their other, they're like their inspire mechanic is also kind of a weird inflection point for the warband too, right? It's they were sort of designed where it's like, well, they're not, they're kind of going to go both ways. And like, now it's harder to do that. So like, do you just like, I used to always think of them as like, you're going to lean into the blood thing because it gets their stats there much faster, but getting the hunger tokens to like get those bonuses is so much slower now that trying to actually do that isn't, it's not as reliable. And so then it's like, well, now I need to try and inspire, but to try and inspire, you have to remove all their hunger counters, which has this big delayed effect as well. So, right. I don't know. Yeah. They do have, uh, they do have a couple power cards that are helping them out a lot. They have a gambit speed move. Um, yep. And they have, uh, an upgraded, see, uh, Von Marusi armor or something like that. Um, yeah. And it does one thing when inspired, one another thing when bloodthirsty, and nothing if you're neither. But the bloodthirsty one is ping prevention. Um, it's pretty nice. <laughs> pretty nice. Um, but it's some work to get there because you got to get yourself the upgrade on, and you have to get yourself the bloodthirsty. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're ah, man. It's like they feel like they should be able to do so many things, and they just I don't know. It's like they're trying to do too many things. Yeah. But I mean, as we said, um, although it was championship environment, uh, they won Acon twenty twenty two. Yeah. So I, I think there they have the benefit of solving some of that uh, some of that objective deck issue a little bit easier with um, uh, with a, a wider spread. But uh, but I'm, I'm sure this player is. I mean, it, it, they're got to be taken seriously. Oh so. yeah, no, you can't. I mean, it as most competent aggro warbands it's like there are a couple dice rolls away from just annihilating you there's not much you could do about it they have really good attack profiles so um yeah don't don't sleep on them but they are uh they are a one of for a reason yeah well that moves us to another dire chasm era warband and another four fighter four wounds apiece warband that would be head crack is mad mob Yep. Um, 
I think this is a strong pick, and I would not have been surprised to see more than just the one. But uh, there is just the one, and I think they're a great choice. They also have ping protection. They have the uh, they have an upgrade that says if they would take one damage, they take no damage. Yep. Um, so that's uh, if they get that on an important fighter, good to go. Um, they they have the potential to kind of power up a fighter to really knock down some big guys if you can get um, uh, wallop or, or tooth dagger uh, powered up. They have the potential to get to four damage with with just one power card, be it uh, gambit speed damage or uh, or an upgrade. Yeah, um, and a little help from Grievous with inspires uh and they have so many cool tricks right like uh and then i think the other thing that uh skylar has been shouting out about them and he would do if he was on this is that the current environment with the charged out status uh benefits them quite a bit because they have they have a few they have a few objectives that need them to have primacy but also maybe want them to be like uh, I think there's their third end phase, which is have have primacy and be in enemy territory. Yep, that's worth three glory. So I think they can often find themselves in this situation. Like I can get primacy by going to get the kill, but it involves running back into no man's land or into my territory. And now I'm stuck. Except they aren't anymore. So if they're down to just one fighter, they can run yep. back, get that kill, and then turn around and move to where they need to be. Uh, so I think some of their end phases have improved, and I think the nature of the primacy situation means that they essentially are smuggling a potential extra three glory into their objective deck, which is a, a big deal. Very much so. Um, yeah. I, I, I think in most games you can think that it's maybe going to be a net one, but in nemesis, it's really hard for other war bands to get up to that four damage to one shot. So you really have one typically have one chance to get primacy back. And that is uh, by killing head who, if they're being smart is not, not available to die yeah (laughs) well and sometimes even if you manage to get it by killing him they're just going to use like a one of their power cards that takes it back or whatever yeah it's mine again yeah damn it's really really rough uh i well so let's talk about pairings i am actually going to recuse myself from this because i i the individual playing mad mob i helped them with some practice games so i have a good sense of what they're bringing and i i don't want to um although as we said this this will be getting dropped once things are already underway but uh i'm I'm not going to pretend that i don't know what they're they're bringing so what what are your thoughts on what uh, the pairing might be well i've seen fearsome fortress played with them a lot and i know that it has a lot of strong options um so i would not be surprised to see that part of the reason for it is that they get that free push with two of their fighters at the beginning of the game, mm-hmm. um, which allows them to be on to an objective before their first activation, which means that if they can start a hand with the surges for either charging off of an objective in your territory or going on guard on an objective in no one's territory, mm-hmm. that um, it, it's like free glory for them, which is really nice. Um they can also benefit some from having the Mason's Great Hammer, which is a really solid uh, weapon upgrade that you don't really get in any of the other sort of viable pairings with them. Um, mm. Although I guess that could be changed now. Breakneck Slaughter has a spear that's not bad. Um, but I think sometimes uh, 
whatever their bow guy is called. Daco? Daco, yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes, like, <laughs> just taking those arrow shots isn't enough. It's like, maybe he needs a weapon. Um, and so I think having that flexibility is not a bad thing. Um, so I, I like pairings that give them that as an opportunity uh, they have really good end phase cards, so they don't really need to worry about that so much. And a lot of their power cards are pretty good too. Um, I've never seen anyone or heard anyone talk about pairing them with void curse, but I could mm. see it. Their defensive profiles sure. are not great. So like they actually kind of get a bonus, uh, outside of, let's see. I'm actually well, so wondering now. Does uh, head headcracker starts in two dodge yeah. and tooth dagger inspires the two dodge. The other guys just inspired to re rolls, but those would apply to yeah, their one block would, would defense. On the one so, block. so you'd still like they, that. They would get a they would get a benefit on those two. You wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to void curse Daco unless you're putting a weapon out. Yep. So, yeah, I mean that would uh, be that would feel a little bit bad, but um. I don't know. Uh, extra movement is never amiss with a three-move aggressive warband, um, which I think maybe is more of a shout to Breakneck than it is to Void Curse. But um, I could see both. Uh, sure. I think I'm trying to remember what Aman used at uh, Adepticon last year. I want to say it was Tooth and Claw. Um, which like, there's nothing wrong with taking tooth and claw with these guys. That'll certainly work. That's just a very aggressive option. Um, which I kind of prefer having some more passive glory, but if you want to just embrace, like, I'm going to come and hit you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it worked for Akon 2023 and, you know, the nature of Nemesis decks is such that somebody can just pick that straight up. I, I imagine most of the players here are have the experience level that they're probably building their own but yeah yeah uh, that that is still available yeah. yeah they're a fairly flexible band too so i mean like i could i wouldn't be surprised at any of these and they they're they have enough wounds that like they can do a little bit of holding and their attack profiles are all pretty solid um except for daco but you know sometimes i mean and somebody even pointed out that two shots off a of daco is roughly like a. I mean it's it's better than one three fury one damage yeah, shot yeah um, um so if and he'll get the charge token which is sometimes helpful to get somebody you know if he's already where you want him to be you want to get a charge token so that somebody else can make another attack after they're charged out yeah yeah so if you're if you're only ever planning to use daco in that like idea that I don't care that he's doing one damage and he's only going to make one attack per round. Yeah. Like, sure, then it's fine. Um, and then you treat it more like a pseudo four fury, maybe two damage attack. Like, it's this kind of yeah. weird thing. Um, you know, Daco's worth mentioning as well because he's got the, again, talking about the charged out situation and how important primacy is. I mean, you can end up with these situations where, you know, let's say, Let's say the enemy has focused down Tooth Dagger and Wallop, mm-hmm. and now you're you're trying to make things happen with Headcracken Tooth Dagger or Headcracken Daco. Uh, you're on your last activation. If you got charges on both of them, 
Daco can take another shot or Daco can now just take a move and the move, if you don't already have primacy, can end up being worth one glory plus whatever it unlocks because of that primal tracker. Yeah, right? so, yeah. Uh, especially late in the game as fighters get fewer and fewer, there's a bigger chance that there's an objective available for Daco to just walk over to pick up primacy, say, Hey, uh, I just got myself primacy. I will be able to get that one extra glory in the end. You know, like if you often, there's that situation where like you have a play that is a guaranteed glory, take it. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And, And I guess that comes back to like primacy can't really be, overstated into how big of a deal it is in nemesis because there are some matchups where it is straight up just plus three glory for this warp band there is almost never a situation where they won't have it and that is a big deal yeah yeah absolutely uh well that just leaves one war band left and that's the gore chosen of drum yeah and i feel comfortable talking about this one a little bit i i uh really leaned into them for our last league uh, and enjoyed them. I think they have their, some of their strength is they just have great end phases in faction. Um, and they are a little bit hurting for, uh, for surges. They have one surge that is not a kill surge and then three surges that are. Yeah. So, uh, they're stuck probably taking, probably taking two kill surges in whatever, whatever you're doing. It's, it's tough to find, a deck that's going to give you four non-kill surges. Uh, so that's the main thing they're looking for. I spent, uh, well, I should say, you know, these, that, that high end phase and then the ability to like really kind of get to a point where you're just throwing some pretty heavy haymakers. Um, the right upgrades on Gore Hulk means that he can be throwing four damage hits uh, later in the game or some highly accurate choking grasp um, attacks. Yeah. Uh, as well as the the range two attacks coming off of uh, one or, or possibly both of the other guys, so they they have some defensive issues. They they can have a, a stack of health, but that goes away pretty fast when you're never depending on better than than a block. Um, I you could defend on better than a block if you're bringing breakneck. Um, yeah, man, that's <laughs> kind of scary, isn't it? <laughs> it, it is. Uh, uh yeah um and with some other kind of defensive tech that it'd be interesting that, that that's possible and it has some good as we mentioned some good aggro objectives so there's there's some possibilities there uh tooth and claw always good with them yep. uh just to lean into what they're already doing get that extra accuracy and and stuff like the um internal surrender that sacrifices the def- defense dice you don't care because you're already on the one um yeah and uh, so that's great. And then, uh, paths of prophecy has a couple great non kill surges, uh, and it has terrible end phases, but again, you don't <laughs> really care that much because you already have some good ones yeah. in house. So, uh, and it has an accuracy upgrade with the, um, plus one dice if you are on or attacking somebody on a future token. So that's pretty good there. Yeah. I think. I'm pretty sure that one it's specifically it has to be an objective, which is still okay. pretty good, but like yeah. it does limit your choices sometimes. Guided by fate. Yeah. No, just feature token. Plus oh, one dice to this fighter's attack action as fighter and or the target is on a feature token. Oh man, there there you go. Yeah. Um, Shows how yeah. often I'm on non objective feature tokens with my <laughs> Oh lizards. yeah, right. <laughs> totally. Um 
yeah, so there's some accuracy. They, they're happy to have that. Um, and then, of course, the one I ran a ton with was Void Curse Thralls, and I think that's got some great stuff. Uh, it had movement tricks that let you get those powerful range one fighters, uh, especially in this case, Gorhulk, uh, into position. Gorhulk loves to be Void Cursed because he can't be driven back, so if you want to come in and hit him with range one, you're going to be standing next to him if you didn't kill him. Which you um, probably didn't in Nemesis. <laughs> probably not. Uh, and then the uh, the extra move, uh, be it the, the gambit speed uh, move, the the forced movements. Yeah, um, man. Or or the reactions means that you can get his overhead smash off. I That was really fun to run that card. Uh, and what a great way to just smear some changers off the board. Absolutely. Or if you've... If you've got a little bit of damage in on one of the storm coven, you can you can say like, "Hey, I don't care about your two block. I'm I'm just going to do this the the smashy way." Mm, so, yep. Yeah. yeah, hold them down and yeah, choke them out. Yeah. So again, I think there's I think we've laid out quite a few possibilities for pairings there. Um, I uh, just because I played so much Gorchos, and I'd be kind of rooting for for this player, uh, but. <laughs> Uh, I, I think they may be a little more dice dependent than some of the other folks. Could be. I don't, that's not even, that's not even entirely true. I mean, those end phases, some of those end phases can score if you did nothing, you know, which yeah. is, which is, uh, always kind of weird. So, uh, I'll be eagerly looking at that build. That's, that's one of those war bands that I've played enough where I, I'm looking forward to seeing what that deck was and, and, uh, picking that apart a little bit and seeing what they went with. But that brings us to the end of our, our 17 decks and our, our speculation on them. Do you have any other thoughts that you want to kind of dig into looking back at those in retrospect? Uh, not really. I mean, like th- those are the things I would expect. Like if, if we were to see something crazy, like I, I could maybe see a toxic terrors deck coming out just because it's a fairly flexible deck. It can kind of do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I will say, oh, is that is that a Molag pairing? I don't. Um, think about that. It could be. I mean, like the weird thing would be all the like poisons. I don't know are really super helpful for Molag, but you would get carve a path. Yeah, and that's pretty great for Molag. Um, I don't know. I but so you know. Um, Bobby was running Toxic Terrors with uh, Dreppers at our Q4. Yeah. And I didn't quite like get it until we were playing. And I was just like, oh, it like being able to just make somebody's defense characteristic one dodge for the next attack is a big deal when you're an aggro warband or. And you're talking Spit spit Venom. venom? Yeah. Yeah. Or being able to say like. I'm going to be able to do freezing venom. And now all of a sudden you are, well, I have ensnare on all of the attacks against that fighter. Um, yeah. And it's like, yeah, I guess, you know, if you can get the positioning, right, spit venom onto a, a storm coven or somebody who's got armor of ice or somebody who's got the break, breakneck uh, slaughter defensive upgrades yeah. like that, that improves your odds I mean, substantially. It's not, like it's not great and i i still sort of struggle with the objective deck for toxic terrors mostly because i just haven't used it at all but every time i read them on paper i'm like this seems like a lot of work um which isn't what i would personally want but 
sometimes you can just make it happen. So, uh, like I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily expect to see it, but if, if it showed up, it also would kind of make sense because it is flexible and it can kind of fill in a lot of different things. Um, I'm sad to see no, well, no, we don't know, but like I would be shocked to see Daring Delvers, even though I really love the deck. I think it's just, it's kind of doing the wrong thing for the meta right now. Um, yeah. Being pretty much forced to be in enemy territory is a really dangerous prospect these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so not probably a deck to be running in Nemesis anymore. Um, but uh, it, I still made it work last year at Adepticon, and it felt pretty good, even though there was a lot of stuff where that probably... I don't know. Maybe it shouldn't have worked as well as it did, but it, it felt like it just kind of rolled um, sometimes. So I don't know. Uh, I think the only one that I really wouldn't expect to see at all would be some of the old uh, like Deadly Depths. Like, mm. I don't think anyone's going to run that. <laughs> I'd be shocked. I'd be truly shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, I, I, and Kairos is somebody who, uh, again, from Path to Glory is somebody who, I feel like I think a lot about this game and spend a lot of time on it. That is somebody I, I'm not sure what he does other than this game. Cause like <laughs> everywhere I go, there like, he is. I, I feel like, I feel like it, when we get off this and I, I go to send you a DM, like Kairos might actually be in that DM with us somehow. Like he, he just managed to appear everywhere yeah. uh, and have insightful comments. Um, so uh, he, I, he mentioned that deadly depths was a, a great pairing for the headsman's curse. Uh, which would have been interesting Whoa. to see them as somebody who can like power up and maybe get some one shots. In. Okay. I'm curious <laughs> now. <laughs> pulling this up right now. Uh, I have so many decks I have to build after this. If it wasn't working tomorrow. <laughs> I know, so. right? Yeah. Uh, and you lucky listener will already know some of the results here. You may already know the pairings um, by the time you're hearing this. Yeah. So um, we may look to do an addendum. Uh, we've really been burning the, burning the candle at both ends uh to, i think i've used that phrase once already in reference to skylar but um really pushing a lot of content out so i, I don't know if we have the stamina to uh get some more out of sequence releases but uh we'll see we'll yeah. see where where our personnel are maybe, at. maybe if there's no editing <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean sometimes editing doesn't go so well <laughs> uh, um yeah uh yeah, so I, I think this is great. I'm really excited to do this. I uh, it is, I mean, it would be cool for to send a rep from the cast to participate in a in a future year, but that's a lot out of our control. Yeah, um, man. But got to uh, win a yeah. pretty big tournament. So <laughs> yep. But we've had some we've had some close yeah, calls, and, um, and I think it's just gonna be fun to to watch along. I, there's there's a lot of names. I know a lot of a lot of people. I'd be happy to see. Uh, walk away with a victory there um, a lot of people put the the time and effort in yeah um, to to get it so um i i think this is awesome i'm, I'm glad this is a, a thing that's happening yeah yeah i mean it should show that there's been enough growth across all of the games but like underworlds being included here feels like a big deal to me um yeah for sure and i 
I have to imagine they'll be doing streaming for all of the games of all the different oh, types of games. So maybe that'd we'll be, amazing. be able to watch some live uh, Underworlds yeah. from Worlds. That would be... Yeah. Oh, man. One, one side comment is that the rounds, they are pacing at the same pace as the... They're, they're keeping time with the AOS and 40K rounds. So oh, that's right. it's like... Yeah. They have like three or four hours to do a best of three. And it's not best of three. It's three matches or yeah, three, you, three you games. To, Every match will be three games. So you could go 0 and 3 or 3 and 0. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it's all just format, a point so. system. So there's no match points. Yeah. It's like all games. So yeah. That'll be wild. Uh, yeah. Can you imagine having to play all three games every round for a two day <laughs> tournament? Uh, yeah, well, I think this goes longer than two days oh, for one. Well, uh, and and there's a there's very few like they like I said they got like three or four hours to play three games for each round, so yeah. there are going to be some leisurely rounds, which might make for some very leisurely streams, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, still, it's a lot of underworlds. Um, yeah, you know, you, sometimes you feel like you know you get the mental exhaustion from having to play to th- in your third round and in a or a third game in a match and it's like oh sometimes i just want to be able to go 2 and 0 and just have that break yeah. and uh you don't really get that here so this should be interesting yeah yeah i think that about does it is there anything else you want to uh talk about as uh on this topic before we uh move I, to close it out i or? think we can close this one out i guess the only other thing i'm thinking about is that uh also, as part of Worlds, we are going to get the next preview, and that will include whatever the next Warband is. So, oh yeah, we, quick prediction. Yeah, go. Uh, well, I think we saw from the um, roadmap that it's going to be destruction, and mm-hmm. so this has been a dangerous track to try and take in the past. <laughs> but I'm going to say because of the previous war cry release where they're like, Hey, here's these new, I guess they're not new, but we haven't seen them really before ogres that are like mm. these savage ogres that are starving and like more so than a normal ogre. Cause if you don't know in the AOS lore, ogres have an insatiable appetite. They'll always keep eating and they, uh, like their god is even like just basically a giant belly that is just constantly eating um and so these guys are like even more hungry i guess somehow um so (laughs) uh they they are some crazy looking models uh eric are one of our guys from the war cry podcast i saw his models built up and yikes uh I am interested, <laughs> like both interested and terrified to see what they might do if that's the direction they go. Um, nice. What do you think? What do you think they might do? Uh, I mean, I think Gorgers is a good call. That'd be cool. I there is. I think it feels like Ogres is a good guess, specifically because like the Everwinter has cursed. Yeah. Uh, Death Gorge. I'm gonna throw out Yetis. Uh, Yetis are a uh, something that exists in there, but their models are like super ancient yeah. and goofy looking so yeah. i'm i'm curious if a reimagining of those might come about yeah so, well it'd be sweet um, and, if they could have sort of like another one of those warbands where it's like a mix of different types of models you yeah. get like a couple of knoblars and a yidi and a you know an ogre and yeah that'd be sweet yeah i mean 
maybe a gorger, a yeti, and some noblars or something like that. I, you know, like a couple five wound fighters and then a couple smaller. Yeah, that, that'd be an interesting mix. So, uh, well, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, excited to talk about it. Uh, we'll we'll be at you in a couple weeks' time. Um, if you want to talk to us in the meantime, there's always whatthehexcast at gmail.com on the site formerly known as Twitter at WTHcast. Uh, you can check out all our content on the mortalrealms.com. That is any of our blog entries, any of the other podcasts on there. Uh, coming up, we're going to have some consultation. We, we may be debriefing what we learn from worlds. We might be jumping into some of the, the promised background stuff. We still might do that rotation thing. I know we got some input from some folks, but uh, we've been a little bit overcome by events. So we got some options. We will be at you with something interesting when we get a chance and hopefully we'll get the crew bulked back out once uh once the demands of life have uh slowed a little bit here uh believe it or not i do have a flavor text quiz for you here Whoa. This, is, this is gonna be, be from anything uh, i know this is, this is a widespread so uh and i'm not even going to give you a hint because i think you might still get it all right uh, well, no, I'll tell you this. It is an objective. How about that? Okay, sure. Narrow it down to All right. <laughs> third it is an of objective, the cards. And it is from a war band that is included in this, uh, it, that is represented at Worlds. Uh, the quote is attributed to nobody. Due to their long hibernation and regenerative abilities, it's almost impossible to tell if a Trogoth is dead or just resting. Oh, uh... Is it asleep? Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's it. You got it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought that was. I thought the long hibernation was uh, was a good uh, call out for this. Yeah, coming back there. with a fury yeah. here. I don't think we'll see that in their deck because that no. is the one that needs them uh, scored in end phase of a friendly Moloch took no action ah, in man. the preceding it's action so phase. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, could who knows? Could be a super passive Moloch somehow. I don't know. I, I hope we have some wild mad scientists taking a dive yeah. up there. But um, all right, uh, for your recommended listening, this is a salute to the six Canadians represented there. We took a Canadian band. This is broken social scene, and in the spirit of the nations fighting against each other out there, we're taking the song "Capture the Flag." That's off of "You Forgot It" in people. Ooh, nice. For what the heck, I've been Davy, and this is Phil. Do I still have you? Oh, no. Unbelievable. I, I can still hear you. I still have my waveform. Ah, oh, jeez. Uh, Phil, I can't hear you. You kind of cut off mid-sentence. So. Uh, and, and our local... Phil, did I lose you again? Oh, no. <laughs> I would hope not, but I, I guess you must Phil, have. Phil, can you hear me? I, I can, but obviously you can't hear me. Oh boy. <clears throat>
Yeah, yeah I feel uh, like there. I am still here. Can did you lose man, me again? All right, I guess we're toast. Dang it! I'm gonna hit stop. And somehow we managed to record it. Yeah, uh, no fault of our own. We have to do this three times. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully I mean, the intro is usable.